Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I discuss the Chiefs-Texans, the opener on September 10th. It's getting close. Joe, what are your, uh, what are your main thoughts? How do you see this, the first game of the NFL season? How do you see it kind of uh, shaping up? Number one, Jeff, it's, uh, it's, it's the Chiefs, right, which is fantastic. We get to open up the season, defending Super Bowl champions, you know, 20 of 22 starters back on the roster. I mean, it's the, it's every, we're, it's the culmination of everybody, what everybody's been talking about this offseason, right? The big signing of Patrick Mahomes, keeping the core of the team together, making improvements, you know, where they can. Edwards Hilaire, right? Obviously, everybody who's been reading the articles about, uh, you know, training camp and, and his, uh, you know, his, his stellar performance during, uh, during camp. So, you know, I can't believe it's the, Jeff, knock on wood, you know, we're going to play a football season. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, it progresses as teams start to spend time together, right? And you get 100 players mixing it together on a field, right? 53 and 53 players coming together, playing against each other with coaches mingling and mixing and referees and officials and all that stuff. Um, and then they have to go home and go their separate ways, which is is going to be interesting, right? Because it's not like the basketball bubble that the NBA is playing in where it's really isolated and, you know, super controlled environment, right? It's, it's going to be somewhere between – football is going to be somewhere between baseball uh, and, and, and basketball and hockey, right? Where, as far as you're out – at least you're outdoors. And, uh, but you do have to travel and you do have to get to these other stadiums. So – it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting how it progresses, and we'll just keep our fingers crossed that that they're going to you know the medical professionals and and they're going to do everything they can to to eliminate and keep players from from getting sick as they're as they're being exposed to each other. But but man, super exciting! I can't imagine there's not a ton of football fans out there who can't wait for this to get started. Super exciting, and we'll we'll get into those questions of how we think or how what uh, the, the season might proceed uh, in the medical questions involved. But yeah, how exciting the fact that they can open the game in Arrowhead because of the defending champs. And of course, it's a rematch. Uh, uh, They played the Texans twice last year, losing to them in the regular season. And then that epic comeback against them uh, in the playoffs. And that's part of the reason why it's such a national game, or, or they chose it, the NFL chose it, for the premier kickoff game because that game was just so memorable. Um, the Chiefs trailing like they were in the first quarter and to come back. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. No preseason, anything like this, that. But I'd be very surprised 
Uh, if the Chiefs lose, I expect the Chiefs to win uh, somewhat handily. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But the Texans struggled on defense last year, mm-hmm. and I think they've gotten a little worse on both the defense and offense. Uh, they lost DJ Reader, who is a really good defensive tackle, gave them fits in the in the loss during the regular season. Uh, and then offense, of course, they lost DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, so I think this is a worse team than the Chiefs faced last year. And then the Chiefs, of course, are pretty much the same team, having retained 18 of the 22 uh, starters. Do you agree with that kind of assessment, Joe? I can't, I can't not agree with you, Jeff. It's because on paper, it, you spelled it all out, right? The, the Chiefs stayed the same. And, you know, in, in loose terms, obviously, the Chiefs stayed the same. And the Texans didn't really do much to get better. I think the only thing the Texans have going for them is a healthy J.J. Watt. And when you look statistically up and down the board, that defense with J.J. Watt and that defense without J.J. A.J. Watt, it's dramatic, mm-hmm. right? It's completely dramatic because he just puts so much pressure uh, on offensive coordinators to game plan for him, right? How are you blocking schemes? Where are you going to run the ball? You know, how quickly are you going to get rid of the ball with him, you know, his relentless pass rush? So I think, uh, he, you know, the fact that they're playing them early in the season, he should be, right? If they, if they did all the right things at training camp and not wore their players out, which I'm not assuming, I'm, I'm assuming J.J. Watt's not one of those camp players that needs to take, you know, a thousand reps during right. training camp. Um, so he's probably going to come into this game super fresh. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's really all <laughs> other, well, obviously they have Deshaun Watson, but that's all that, that I think that defense has going for it right now really is J.J. Watt. And, and a healthy J.J. Watt is, is, makes that defense better. Um, but then again, like you said, he's going against a, a Chiefs team that's, that's all, you know, coming right back other than, um, than uh, you know, uh, LDT. So, um, to who's taking the season off. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty handy win for the Chiefs, to be honest. We're making a prediction nine days out. Again, like you said, not having seen any preseason, right? No live scrimmages, you know, no, nothing dramatic. Um, but you know what? That's, that's kind of where the NFL game was progressing anyway, right? How, how much were the, were the starters really playing in those preseason games anyway? And, you know, as a former player, the way that I was watching it transpire over the last couple of years, COVID or no COVID, the, the preseason was becoming almost like a joke. Um, you know, it really was. And that's why I always, I used to use that like term, September is the new preseason. You know, you could never really tell how a team was going to do during the season by looking at their September record because they weren't really doing much to get ready for September. Mm-hmm. Uh, September had become the new preseason. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think the Chiefs have – that's a very long answer to a really short question uh, about agreeing with you, Jeff, that, that I think this is, this is a big win for the Chiefs. It's their opening day. They're defending champs. I'm, one of my favorite – not to go off on an aside, Jeff, but one of my favorite scenes that I've seen of training camp so far was, you know, with all due respect to what the Hunt family wanted to do to raise that flag, that world championship flag. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you or some of the fans saw it. It, it, was, it was out there, right, Twitter and all the social media sites and things. But the lack of reaction – that the Chiefs, the team, the players had to that flag raising tells me everything I need to know about this team. Because they watched the flag go up, and I'm sure they were being super respectful to the Hunt family and to Clark, who gave this great speech over the, 
over the Chiefs, you know, uh, big super fan division, you know, screen in the stadium. And then to just watch that flag go up and then just like walk away without a whole lot of fanfare and hype from the team. I think that to me is a great sign. Yeah. Because they're just like, okay, we won. That was last year. This is 2020. We have a game in X amount of days against the Texans. We're opening up this season. Let's get back to work. And I just like, I loved it. Cause if I would have watched that team out there hooting and hollering and, and you know, doing the shoes, popping the bubbly and celebrating that flag going up, I, then I'd be worried. But man, watching their business like approach as an old Marty term, right? Marty Schottenheimer term <laughs> about football and business like, treat it like a business trip, man. He always used to say whenever we would go on the road. But like, that to me was so refreshing and, and I'm super excited the way they reacted to that. And I think that speaks volumes about this team and their chemistry. Totally. The pass is the pass. And we'll get to see the banner unfurled again for the uh, select uh, uh, people who will, will have, there'll be some fans in attendance, about 22% uh, capacity. And also Joe, I think a great point you made about preseason was already kind of headed this way. Training camp was already kind of heading this way. As far as training camp, fewer two-a-days, fewer padded practice, and preseason becoming uh, a little more uh, meaningless. So uh, the COVID stuff and the way we've had to change the the structure and the schedule, that that might have hastened uh, some things that were already in effect. Um, But first, did someone say playoffs? NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. So definitely take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And uh, Bet Online currently has the Chiefs favored by nine and a half points, a line that I, I, I kind of agree with our, our sponsor here. That's pretty much what I see. Um, interesting that the over and under is 54. I do think this is going to be uh, a high scoring game. And while we both like the Chiefs' chances in this, I think the Texans are going to put up a lot of points. Uh, I think the Chiefs win by about 10, but especially, first of all, both these teams are going to be a little sloppy, haven't, like we've, like we've said, no, no preseason games, shortened off season. But the Chiefs in the secondary, um, you know, they lost Alex Brown to injury. They lost Kendall Fuller. He signed with the Washington football team over the offseason. And then Bashad Breland, uh, a starter from, from last year's squad, uh, is out with a suspension. So I think that secondary, I think Deshaun Watson is going to have some success going against that secondary. But again, I don't, I don't see the Texans being able to stop uh, the Chiefs. Uh, you think you'd see the high-scoring affair as well, Joe? I do, Jeff. I think um, defenses always take a little bit more time to get into the groove. Um, offenses, you know, you can, you can do so much more um, at practice and in the off season to develop your offensive skills. And I think you can, your defensive skills. I I think it's like, I don't know. It's like any trade, you know, uh, any 
anything that you get really good at. There are certain things that, you know, you have these innate skills um, to, to show your talents, right? Um, but there are certain trades and certain jobs and professions where it takes a lot of practice and a lot of technical um, and a lot of muscle memory skills. And I think, I think my own personal opinions, I think defensive teams will always start a little bit more slowly than offensive mm -hmm. teams. Um, because I think you can do more athletic wise, you can do more in practice in those, you know, practice situations with your offense than you can with your defense. Um, and, and it's going to take a couple of games for this defense to get into its groove, like every defense. So I think you're right. This game is going to be about whose defense is going to be more stalwart uh, earlier on and is going to be able to make adjustments more quickly um, based on game speed, based on all the things that they're going to see in real time. Because your, your offense, you can just go out and just execute and do it. Like it's, there's so much more um, that you can do offensively in those situations than you can uh, on defense because defense is about reacting right? It's about reacting. And it's going to take this team a little long, all defenses to, to react a little bit. Uh, it's going to take more work for them to be more reactionary, um, given that they had no preseason, you know, no games, no game speed, uh, not a chance to go against anybody else other than themselves, which, you know, lends itself to, you know, that you can get a little complacent with that, right? Once you, if you've been practicing with somebody for one, two, three, five years, you know, the defense, they know where Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball. They, they know they can even hear the line calls, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can hear what the line's saying and who they're going to block. And there's a lot, we used to have this term called brother-in-lawing, right? And brother-in-lawing in the NFL is, okay, I'm on, I'm on offense and uh, I'm playing right tackle and, you know, Neil Smith or, you know, somebody's lined up across from me, Dan Salamua throughout some of those 90s names of the defensive players. I would go Joe Phillips, right? And, and like you could say to them, or they knew you, they knew, they knew how you played, they knew what injuries you had. And, you know, it kind of gets to this point where, you know, in, in, in practice, you make me look good, I'll make you look good, and we'll get out of this practice healthy. And we used to call that brother-in-law. You treated each other like a brother-in-law. You like, it was, you know, cause you love your brother-in-law, but you know, there are times when you don't love your brother-in-law, right? <laughs> so when, 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 when you, when you, when you go and you do a preseason game or you go drive to, you know, another training camp like we used to do when we would go against the Vikings in the cheese league, or we'd go against the Packers or the Jaguars or the saints, right? We'd be driving and taking these, these tour buses all over Wisconsin, right. And practicing against those teams. There's no brother-in-law going on. Because they're, that, that player's trying to make the squad. You know, they're trying to show their coaches, you know, what they can do to get out on the field. And you're just getting after it. And I'm telling you, there is something to be said for that friction that you have with players who are not on your team. And, and I think um, no one's going no to be going full bore when Patrick Mahomes is back there because, God forbid, you're the defensive tackle that slips and falls and, and hurts him, right, in practice or, or, you know, or puts a hit on him because you don't mean it, but you know, you're going a little bit too hard at practice. So what I'm trying to say is defenses don't do well in that situation. Offenses can just do their thing. They can just go out, throw the ball, run, make your cuts, do your things, um, get your timing down. Defenses can't do that same thing. They can't go full 100%. 
um, in, during a practice because, number one, you don't want to hurt a Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to hurt your running back. You don't want to go low on someone. And uh, it's going to take, you know, a series or two or three or five in this opening game before the defense really gets their – I love the brother-in-law terminology. That's great. Yeah. The brother-in-law. That's great stuff, Joe. Uh, also, what you mentioned about, uh, you know, defense being more reactionary, the, the last several years – I think we've noticed the first several games the tackling has been really bad just because you can't simulate it quite as much. And I, I expect that without the preseason games, with uh, fewer practices, to really be glaring um, this first week. I, I think that's going to be something we'll all notice. Uh, a few players that I'm, uh, in addition to kind of curious to see how these teams make this transition without the additional preseason, some players that I'm really interested in seeing. Uh, the, the one that this is the top of everyone's list is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. People have been raving about him during training camp, uh, and he's kind of the, the biggest change with the Chiefs, you know, the new running back, rookie first-round pick. I'm very interested to, to see how he does. I think he's going to be a perfect fit uh, for the Chiefs' offense with his mm-hmm. ability to juke and his ability to catch the ball. Uh, two other guys of note. I'm, I'm curious to see Taco Charlton. He's, he's an interesting guy. Right now he's – not slated as a starting defensive end, but he, there could be something there. He was a first-round pick uh, of the Cowboys. He really never kind of delivered. And I, I'm curious. He's very close to Frank Clark, his college teammate, and uh, I, I'm curious if he can kind of get his career going in Kansas City. And then the last thing uh, for, for fans to look for, uh, kind of a cool connection. I don't think he's, he's going to play other than you might see him on special teams. But uh, Andy Heck's son, the Chiefs offensive line coach's son, uh, Charlie Heck, is on the Texans. Right now he's more of like a second, third string offensive lineman. But, you know, if there's an injury and he could play on special teams, a, a neat connection there. Joe, what kind of matchups, who are you looking forward to seeing in this game? Well, I think, you know, I'm just going to go back to it. I think uh, how the Chiefs handle J.J. Watt, I think that's sure. going to be, you know, we're lucky we've got, our veteran tackles. I was just going to say, I, I held my breath, Jeff, when, when he, you know, he kind of missed a couple of practice was that shoulder right from that torn labrum. So, right. I think we ooh, all did. Cause we're like, Oh yeah. God, that's the shoulder again. Yeah. Great point. You know? Um, so I, I think I'm look, obviously I'm going to be partial to the fools, right? The fraternal order of <laughs> offensive linemen. I'm going to be partial to see how that group gels together. I think, you know, with four of the five coming back who, who, you know, really know each other, uh, I will miss watching LDT out there. You know, I'm wishing him well. I hope he's taking care of of people and doing the, doing his thing. And, and so proud of him for that. Um, can't can't help but note you know make note of that. Um, super excited for you know his decision. And I know how, I know how much his team supported him in that at the, in these crazy times. So neat stuff on there. But I mean, just from you know the upfront perspective, I I just I'm just so happy to see this core group back together, and I can't wait to watch how they perform so I think fans should really take a look at that offensive line how well they protect Patrick give him time to do his thing uh give Edwards Hilaire you know give him some nice open holes sustain those blocks and let him do his thing um out in the open space so really excited about about this watching this offense Joe I'm I'm excited about you know seeing how uh you know how some of these younger guys get in I mean I hope Willie Gay can get in there and get some Mm -hmm. reps um and do his thing you know um I I think that's exciting. You know, we talked about, you know, obviously uh, with 
Austin Colquitt being gone, seeing how the kicking game goes, right? Yeah. Is that, Tommy you know, right. we talked about this four or five, four, four or five punts a game. Does it really make a difference? Guess what? We're going to find out, uh, you know, we're going to find out what that field position thing means, um, especially in a, in a, a shootout game like this. So um, it should be really interesting to see how some of the newer players mesh. Um, but I think there's enough chemistry on this team that anybody who came into this organization, you know, when you've got 20 of the 22 starters, you know, returning and coming back, it's easy to be absorbed into the culture. And that's what I'm, you know, excited about. No, no one's, no one seems to be breaking rank from this team um, and, and the chemistry that they've built. And they, cause I think they know who their leaders are. And shocking no one, Joe, that when we ask you, you know, what, what are you interested in looking <laughs> at that you go with the, the offensive linemen? Our listeners not not yeah. surprised, but no that that actually jokes aside that that's a, a great point because that's that that is the area the Chiefs have so much continuity, but you know that is the one area of the team where there was that and I guess the defensive secondary the quarterbacks those are two areas where there actually has been some some change. Sure. Yeah, Sean Watson's doing the next nine days. I mean, he's going to keep he's going to keep looking at that secondary. Totally. And, and, and that's another thing to watch, too, is it's the Chiefs secondary. And again, I, I think Watson, uh, I, I think he's going to have um, a lot of success going against him, but I don't think he's going to have as much success um, as Patrick Mahomes is going to have going against the uh, uh, Texans. Um, and again, we weren't uh, surprised with <laughs> Joe focusing on the offensive line. A little bit of a pleasant surprise that I think, Joe, that we have this September 10th game seems to be going off, you know, the schedule is, is planned. Like, uh, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic about the NFL season as far as being able to play it uh, in the midst of a, a pandemic. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, like we talked about earlier, you got on one spectrum, you've got the bubble of the NBA, right? They're doing everything right. And they have the, and they have the, the logistics to be able to do it, right? Small roster size, 12, 15 players players on the roster, a couple of coaches, right? I mean, they can, they can, they can all pile into these hotels and stay socially distant from everybody else and really live in, you know, there's, that's why they're calling it the NBA bubble. Cause it literally is, you know, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have baseball, right? I mean, you've got a lot of players on the roster. You've got, you know, moving around city to city on a regular basis, right? It's not like they're, you know, uh, they're all staying in one place for very long. It's two, three games in one city, moving on to the next city. And, you know, they've got some, there's going to be some exposure there with other players, um, even if it is socially distant out on the field, you know, on a, on a big baseball diamond. Football is kind of, to me, falling like right in between that. It's like right in between because you've got this huge, mass, massive roster of players, right? So you got a lot of, you know, you start doing the math of how many players are going to be exposed to each other over the course of a game, right? Um, in very close proximity. Uh, and, but, then, but, but then again, you're only traveling once a week and you're only being exposed to one team per week outside in a you know, relatively, relatively controlled environment. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this progresses over the course of the you know, one week, two weeks, and as players get more and more exposed to each other, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, people are transmitting. I'm sure they're doing all the right things from a testing perspective and testing the players on a regular basis and doing all the spot checks and the fever fever and symptom checks and all that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I 
Jeff, I got to be honest. I was skeptical that this thing was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I really was. I got to be honest. I, I, I was worried for a while that we were going to have an NFL season, considering what we see going on with some of the big time football programs uh, in college. And uh, it looks like it looks like they're going to do it and, um, you know, give the fans what they need and, and get some players and get some fans into the stadium which is a little more different than what they're doing in, in basketball and baseball. Right. And, and, and getting about, you know, 20, 25% of the, of the fans into Arrowhead, which is going to be really interesting to see how that goes playing without the crowd. That's going to be really interesting because that's part of football, you know, third and long, you're screaming, you're yelling, and all of a sudden the quarterback can't hear and the wide receivers don't get a jump on the ball and the linemen are a step behind because the snap count's slow you know, we're not really going to have that. I think that's pro- they're going to probably make it illegal to pump crowd noise in because that really wouldn't be too fair. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the game and whether or not offenses are really affected by, uh, you know, by a third and long. Um, you know, we're going to be able to hear the quarterback probably, uh, you know, talking in the huddle. It's going to be so quiet inside the stadium. Totally. And I think there actually has been some talk of – of piping in some crowd noise because they don't want it to be like an advantage for the defense where you can hear the, the, the signals so easily. And, you know, um, you know, I, I'm cautiously optimistic, Joe, because the one thing that the NFL has going for it is, is the schedule. Um, the fact that it's the games are just once a week. I unfortunately expect that there to be some positive tests. I just, I think given the realities and how contagious and how, how, how many cases there are, of COVID that that's just unfortunately uh, going to happen. But having just one game a week, if a player or several players or even a team can't play a week, just um, again, having 16 games just once a week, you're only, you're not altering the schedule that much. You even have some leeway, you know, that could push back the Super Bowl in, in, in the worst case scenario. But again, with uh, just, 16 games in one game a week if players are missing you know if they, if they get they do get the virus you know they, they miss two games rather than if you got the virus in um, you know baseball or basketball you're then missing like 10 games so yeah. that, that one hopefully the whole series. They can make it, but we'll see and it's interesting that the bubble uh interesting phenomenon this works so well with the nba i do think it has some the one consequences not on on the ga- uh, game itself or the play is that I think it is difficult for the players. You've talked that some of them. Paul George has been open about how difficult mentally it was. You're away from your family you're for two months. This is all you have, and he, these poor guys that it's all they have, and they see what's a lot that's going wrong with the world. It, it, it's been difficult for the NBA players. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some talk that the NFL and we all expect the Chiefs to to make the playoffs. For the playoffs, they could go into to a bubble, which I think is kind of a smart uh, a way to do it: play the season and then, yeah. you know, put it in a bubble for the for the playoffs. Yeah, that would be a small a small sacrifice for the players and their families, right? To 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 do that if they get, especially if they're able to get through this whole season, you know, at that point you've you've gotten across, you know, the 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 valley there. You might as well just cross the bridge and say, all right, we're gonna. We're going to do this bubble thing for the playoffs. I think I think a lot of families would be willing to make that sacrifice, given that you know there were times where you maybe didn't even think we were going to have a season, right? I I could only imagine what you know the Hunt family was thinking about and what the ownership structure of of a lot of the teams was thinking after making these big free agent moves in the off season and wondering if they were going to have a season. But 
it looks like it's, you know, it looks like it's going to pay off. And I think the Chiefs did a good job of hedging a little bit of that. Totally. I, I think talking about hedging, I mean, I think that's why, look, who wouldn't want to resign Mahomes to whatever he wants? And I think that's a big reason right. why those contracts took a while. It's like, you know, well, we're not going to pay him a half a billion dollars if the, if, if the season is, is very much in peril. So, um, Joe, well, any, well, give us a, give us a, 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 you were so on the money last year with your predictions, even getting margin right, getting scores pretty close. We were calling you uh, Atlantic City, Joe. Yeah. What's your, what's your uh, prediction for uh, Texans Chiefs? I, you know, Jeff, if I take in all the things that you and I rolled up in this pod and, and conversations we've had about no preseason, not really knowing, you know, what, what's going to happen, defenses being sort of at the disadvantage right now, I think, you know, I think the Chiefs come out of this game – it's, it's like 42 to 28. I think they're going to cover that spread. Um, but I think the Chiefs just have way too much uh, firepower for the Texans. So I think it's going to be like a 42 to 28 win for the Chiefs. And I think that that margin is going to happen as the Chiefs wear the Texans down. So it's going to be close maybe through halftime maybe 21-21, like a high-scoring first half as everybody, I'm going to use that term again, getting their sea legs under them. And then the Chiefs are going to like explode in the later part of the third quarter and into the early fourth quarter um, and, and put, up, put up some points that the, the Texans just can't keep up with. So, you know, maybe close first half, high-scoring, you know, high teens, low 20s each team in the first half. And then the Chiefs just kind of explode in the third and fourth quarter and, and, and pull away with it. So, and, and, and finish it, you know, like a 42 to 28 type game. Uh, but, but, but closer, the game will be closer than that score. That's on. Yeah. I, I'm kind of with you. I think the Texans score a little bit more than 28 points, but I, I kind of think that same margin. I think, you know, 42, 31 or 45, 34, but I, I'm with you. I think that's how the game is uh, going to go. Well, if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.